Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Everything Considered podcast with me, April, your host. I am very honored today to have two of my friends here, uh, Pat Rudd and Jean Feltz. And today we're going to talk about a nonprofit called Helping Parents Heal and another one called GRASP or Grief Recovery After Substance Passing. Um, a little bit about uh, how you guys got involved with this. I'm, I'm very interested um, in how you became involved with these these organizations. Can you can you go into that, Pat, a little bit? Just get us started? Sure. sure. Well, in uh, 2013, my son Tyler, at the age of 20, passed from an overdose. Okay. Uh, he was, I, I didn't know people who had lost their children at that time. I didn't know anybody who had lost a child from overdose or anybody from overdose. Mm-hmm. So it was pretty overwhelming. Um, it, really don't know quite what to do with that um so you know as i went through my time and tried to figure out what to do um i thought i'd really like to get together with a grief group but i didn't want to be with other parents that lost their children due to sickness illness accidents Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. because no matter what there's a stigma with addiction right Uh, we just, you just feel that stigma. You're not sure who, you know, who will walk away from you because of it or look badly mm-hmm. at you um, because your child died of a, a overdose. Right. So it took me, took me a little while and I um, wanted to go to a medium, but I didn't know any mediums around. Um, mm-hmm. I grew up in New Jersey and my mom, uh, she we'd go to psychics every so often. In fact, my mother would have psychic parties at her house, you know, and all the relatives would come over and they would read our, you know, read our futures, but I'd never been to a medium. So, um, and in the South, it's not easy to find a medium. No, (laughs) it is not. I didn't know people and I found it wasn't subject you'd really bring up to just anybody. Correct, (laughs) that's true. So luckily one day at work, the woman, uh, we just got talking and, and I said, do, do you know any mediums? Because so, the subject came up. And she said, yeah, I've got a great one, you know. So right away, I booked an appointment with them. I think I got in the next day or something. I was just so anxious. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was a turning point in my grief. A total turning point. It was eight months that Tyler had been gone. I left that session feeling like I had spent an afternoon with my son. Oh. I just felt like we had the best just conversations and you know he told me basically all these things that were going on in my head I mean Mm. I would stand at the over the kitchen sink and look out the window and scream up at him why did you do this and at one point he said to me through the through the medium mom I think I'd be afraid to be back there because you're really upset with me oh yeah (laughs) and and he told me that you know he could help me from where he was versus he couldn't help me while he was on earth and just so many things he told me he says nobody's going around pointing at you that you're the woman who lost her son to an overdose he says that's not happening I was like, wow, okay, that was all amazing because those questions kept going through my mind. Um, And somewhere in the conversation, he said to me, mom, you're going to be talking about me and my addiction and my death to large groups of people. Mm -hmm. And I just looked at the medium and I just said, oh, yeah, right. (laughs) 
said, yeah. I, I can't ever see me talking about this to, mm-hmm. in any kind of public situation. Sure. Yeah. So within a, within a month, I ran and all pure by accident. I wasn't looking for uh, grief sites. Um, and grass just came up on my computer when I was looking at something. I, it just appeared. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I looked into it and uh, grass was a national, well, international actually, uh, grief group for anybody who's lost a loved one to substance use. Okay. So I looked up on their webpage and the closest place they had was Athens, which mm-hmm. was, I kept thinking, maybe, maybe I'll go. I contacted the woman woman up there and said well you know I might take the drive or whatnot then I contacted the uh president of of grasp and we talked and she said you know if you want to start your own group you know we'll help you mm-hmm. so I did I started a grass group it uh started it in, planning on it in August and finally January 2015 is when I had my first meeting okay um and I can't tell you what a wonderful thing it is to meet other parents and, you know, and it's not open, it's not just parents, it's siblings, grandparents, uh, cousins, whatever. But majority of the people that have come all along have been parents. Yes. And so I got to meet a few people. And then when Jean's son passed, mm-hmm. she talked to a she talked to a woman who was actually coming to my group. And so Jean and I met, we met for lunch um, to just talk. Mm-hmm. And I remember the first thing she's saying to me, well, you're still standing. So I guess we get through this. Yeah. And I'm like, well, yeah, we are. <laughs> um, yeah. Slowly into the conversation and Jean remembers it more than I do because I brought up mediums. Um, I feel like I'm usually careful about that when I do that because some people, there's still another stigma. (laughs) You you tread lightly on that. You know, you're like, well, a bunch of us other moms have tried this, this, and that, and that was one of them, you know, kind of just kind of putting it all out there, all options, I think. Yeah. 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 Because you tread lightly. And Jean, you walked away. How did you walk away thinking? (laughs) (laughs) My first, my first thought was, um, oh boy, mediums. I don't know what to do with this information. It just does not compute because that was not in my, in my past in in any aspect, you know, and I I walked away thinking, you know, are they just a little bit out there or, but then again, maybe I had a dysfunctional relationship. It wasn't your typical run of the mill to begin with. So Maybe we can continue this in a new way. You know, basically, when you love somebody so much, you know, like if it was a child, someone super close to you, mm-hmm. it all goes out the window, all your beliefs, all your past, and right. all you have is that love, and it has to go somewhere. Yeah. And I believe that when you, all that, all the, 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 you know, the conditioning and stories go out the window, you're open to anything. Right. And, and that was a turning point for me. I mean, the first thing I did was talk to the only other living relative I have, like a close one, is my mom's sister, mm-hmm. Irish Catholic, who's been going to church since the 1940s every Sunday at Mass, you know, and kind of treaded even light, more lightly with her. And, and she said, well, she lives in New York. She said, you know, well, why don't you just come down by me and we'll make an appointment and go see the Long Island Medium? And I was like, 
Aunt Julie. You know, I'm so flabbergasted and right. that really it kind of gave me I think in the back of my mind the permission to she said you know it's in the bible and I'm like okay because okay. I went to catholic school but we never read the bible so I don't know what's right. in the bible you know right. yeah. <laughs> but all I knew is is it, it my child couldn't have been a part of my life and now he's not yeah and I've learned over the past five years that he's always going to be you know, with me in some aspect, yes. we're always connected and, and life and, and consciousness and all of that. It's so much bigger than just your physical body here. Yes. It's, it's been quite a road, but yeah, um, I, I truly believe there are, if you could call them gifts in mm -hmm. grief and, it, you know, opportunities for growth. Oh, most definitely. And, and it, yeah, yeah. I wouldn't have learned. So, you know, nearly what I've, learned or, or explored if yes. my child was still here. Yeah. Losing a child is so, and it feels so unnatural because we always think, you know, I'm going to be the one to go first. I'm the mother, you know, that's how it's supposed to work. And, and then that paradigm gets destroyed. And then when you add in the substance, um, the overdose um, bit, that's a whole other different kind of grief that you have to deal with. And with society's ideas on that. And everybody's got opinions and ideas. And I tend to think that unless you've been through something, they don't really count. You know what I mean? Like I don't, if, if I've not been through something, I really don't need to judge somebody else or uh, comment or have really a strong opinion because I, I don't have any context for that opinion. Um, but that is tough. It's really tough to have that added stigma to it. And it does, you, you said it beautifully that it just kind of eliminates everything else. And all you have left is this love. I know when I first went, before I found the medium, I started reading um, near death experiences books. Mm -hmm. uh, right. Oh, I, yeah, to find out what it was like, get a glimpse. Yeah. Or, yeah. Just, where yeah. is he? What is he doing? You know, right. Where, you, it's your child. You want to take care of him. You want to know where they are. Absolutely. And that helped a lot too, listening to yeah. other people's near-death experiences really, really did help. Yes. They did. And you learn it was just their body that died. It wasn't their soul. Right. Their exactly. exactly. A lot of the grieving is, and it's, you know, it's important and it's real and it's serious, but it's really us grieving for, for things. It's not them. Like they're in a good place. They're not suffering. It's, it's right. us. And everything, all the attachments we have, and it's learning to let go of that so we can find new, yes. you know, new ways of interacting and exploring and learning. Yeah. And loving them, loving them yeah. in, in a different, in a different state, in a different way. And I think it's beautiful. Um, so these groups, both of them offer quite a bit of resources um, and they're quite large. I've saw pictures of just I don't know it looked like 50 people like there's a lot of people that are, have gone through this but you can feel like you're on an island when it first happens to you and so it's amazing that you you've come together to offer this and make this available and I'm really happy that you're here today and this group is open to pretty much anyone religious or non-religious yeah. yeah anybody yeah it makes no difference um helping parents heal 
is open to uh, parents, grandparents, and they're doing sibling groups now also. Oh, that's good. So, yes, because that's which another is a whole other issue. Yeah, that's an entirely different experience ex, uh, experience as well for the siblings. Yeah. So that's beautiful that they're doing that. And things aren't discussed. There's no belief system that's being pushed or uh, it's not, there's no dogmatism whatsoever. It's just uh, encouraging open discussion of what you've been Absolutely. how you're experiencing it. So helping parents heal started, um, I, I came up with the idea with Pat because not everybody who, who comes to grass meetings uh, wants to explore those avenues, but right. a lot of people do. I, th I think most people want more than they're finding. So right. we kind of have over time um, kind of had one-on-one -on -one conversations and let them know we felt that way too. Right. And we started an affiliate um, helping parents heal group in the area. Okay. And so some people, and granted, it's not, not everyone is a parent child situation, but for, <clears throat> for most people, mm -hmm. that seems to be a place where they can plug in. That's beautiful. And, and there's such a bond between parents that have lost their children. I mean, it's the same there's no pretense. There's no, you know, you're basically, it's your soul. It's your, you yeah. know, you are bearing all because you know that they lost their child and you lost your child. Yeah. And grief can be so isolating. Yes, it can. Yeah. But I, I mean, I can't tell you the countless times for several years that I've told quite a few of the people in, in the, the grasp group that I didn't know how I was going to take my next step. And when I looked at you, I saw you do it. So thank you for that. I mean, they, and they were doing nothing other than just being and going through their own process, but just that bond and seeing other people experience the same thing, it's, it, it can be helpful like nothing else that I've ever experienced. Yeah. So this has really helped you through your grieving process. You feel like this has really made a big difference in terms of of moving through and it, you know, as a parent, I would imagine it never really goes away. I mean, it just is, that's a part of you, you know, um, it doesn't, you kind of grow around it. You just yeah. can hold more. I think that's a good way to Start put to it love them in another way. Just yeah. Yeah. And, and still, I mean, there are still times I'll have conversations with, with Joseph and, and spirit and say, you know, but I can't hug you. You know, that's what I want more than anything, because I'm, I'm a human, I'm a mom, I, I want to hug, I want to see your eyes, I want to hear your laugh, but yes, uh, all part of the process, I guess. That is absolutely true. Yeah. Are there, um, just off the top of your head, and do you, are there any really good books that you'd recommend to people? <sighs> oh boy. <laughs> books. <laughs> I know, I have a library. Yeah, <laughs> I do too. Um, you know, and it, and, and of course there's books that with, you know, the near-death experiences, the books that mediums write, um, mm -hmm. and the books that people write about losing a loved one to substance use. Mm -hmm. um, you know, some grabbed my attention. And so I, I, I was told the story, my, not too long after Tyler passed, my daughter said if one one more book comes in this house mom we're gonna have to move out there's no more room because <laughs> I just kept ordering books all the time <laughs> I, I understand that I think and one I of the, one of the first saying. ones in the beginning one of the books that that first really gave me some hope was um Dr. Evan Alexander 
Proof of Heaven. Uh, yes. Yeah, that was actually a mainstream bestseller. Like, um, you know, I don't know yes. where they're listed, but it, I know it was a national bestseller. Yes, that is a, yeah, he, I've read his book and I believe too, he tells his story on, you can find it on YouTube as well. And it's quite. Yeah, yeah. We actually went on a retreat with him, Pat and me for, oh. for a long weekend once. And that was, it was pretty neat. That's yeah. wonderful. But yeah, he, it, it, he told a story and, you know, it, yeah. it was wonderful. Yeah. And what that did was it opened up a whole different avenue of, of healing, a whole, I think, a different modality, I guess, for me was um, brainwave entrainment and mm. to, to do with meditation and certain audio sounds that change your brainwaves and things like that. I've had some experiences, I don't know, how could I say, after praying for decades as a, you know, Catholic mm -hmm. person just going through rote Right. You know, Hail Mary, Our Father, and it, there's no interaction that way. But during meditation, I, I truly feel that I've had connection and experiences with the divine. Yes. I, get, I think that's really just a, another way of praying. I think so. I mean, that's, yeah. yeah. So you've had some spiritual experiences as a result. I did notice on the websites, the Helping Parents Heal website, that you have sections on meditation and sound and different uh, categories. I found that fascinating because that is certainly a very good avenue um, of healing. I think the thing is, is like in our world, we're taught to go outward to get what we need to help us, but there really isn't anywhere to go, but inward, inward. to have to find that healing. And it's hard. Um, and I, I tried outward avenues, you know, therapists and, and churches and pastors and right there was nothing there for me. Right. I mean, it barely touched the surface of, of the healing that I felt like I needed. Yes. And what you've done is you've done, you've done two things. You've brought together people that can provide understanding because they've walked, they're walking through the same experiences and then you've given them some resources to help them on their healing journey. Cause that's what it is. I mean, it's, bottom line that's what it is like you you get fast forwarded into a healing journey you didn't really sign up for or feel like you signed up for oh yeah chose. it's the group nobody ever asked to join right yeah right right yeah. exactly so that's a, a really incredible thing like you said I mean if there are gifts through this that journey inward to heal and to to try to come into some understanding and to connect with like-minded people is a beautiful one it is, and it makes us also makes us feel like we're doing something. We're doing something to help our kids' names stay alive. Um, you know, we just we don't want people to forget about them. Right. And uh, also, we just we don't know how to deal with death in this country. That um, is very true. Yeah, any kind of death, let alone the death of a child, and yes. that's where we're really, really there really needs some work on that somehow because there yeah. are people who I've yeah. never haven't heard from since Tyler died that I that I knew because they didn't know what to say yeah they were terrified That's a shame yeah yeah, yeah. It happens. Yeah. well you know I think if anything the last two and a half almost three years now has if it's brought forth this realization that we in western culture we have a tremendous tremendous discomfort with death and we've talked a lot about that on this show I had a death doula on a couple months ago. And uh, I know um, with uh, 
uh, Millie America, we've discussed it. There is a tremendous uh, discomfort with death and we, we go to great lengths to hide it or to pretend or to deny that it's part of normal life. Mm-hmm. And um, I think it's easy to do that until something happens in life that alters that course. And you both have had that something happen. I have too, but in a different way. And it really does change like the way you, you look at that. I mean, it's, it is everybody's destiny at some point. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it's, it's something that everybody will go through and Mm -hmm. it's something that you'll go through yourself. You'll die. Plus people around you will always die. And the fact that we never prepare ourselves for it. I'll, I'll never forget the first day when Tyler was gone. I, I didn't know what to do with my emotions. Right. You know, in between, you know, when the people finally left the house that night, at two o'clock in the morning, I was walking around in the neighborhood just screaming, yeah, oh. you know, just screaming because I didn't know what to do. I didn't know how right. to get those emotions out. I figured, well, everybody here knows that he died. So <laughs> they're just going to have to deal. They, they'll, they'll understand. Yeah. <laughs> but it's like you just don't know what to do with that. Right. Uh, I my still initial I my initial that. feelings were um, that the stigma originally, like initially, like oh my god, are we going to have to move? How are we going to show our faces in the community again? Oh. What are they going to think of us? Yeah. And and then within the next two or three days, I did something <laughs> probably quite opposite. I I had a pool party, invited our whole neighborhood over. I had the kids like classes. The teachers came over. We just talked about it. I just put it out there. I let everybody Good. know. And that was, my husband thought I was a little out there, but he went with it and <laughs> it was the best thing, you know, he, you know, rather than hide. Cause how do you live like that? How do you function? You can't. Well, no. and we have an entire society that lives hidden. I mean, pretending that reality isn't reality and things aren't really happening. And if I keep my head in the sand, I don't have to face this. And But how many mechanisms, coping mechanisms and things do you have to come up with to try to yeah. survive like that? And, and, and none of them seem yeah. positive. <laughs> none of them seem positive and they all meet their end at some point. And what then you what? Have, <laughs> then what? And then what you have done, which is brave and courageous is you've run headlong into the experience and you embraced it entirely and you've you've been a model to show others how it's done and in you you just don't know what a service that is to be you know to be able to this is reality this is what feelings look like and it's okay that we have them you know (laughs) you know it's okay that we're we're not always life is not always a 30-minute sitcom right This, this is not the way it works in real life And I think people, not that we need to go around feeling sad all the time or thinking about death every moment of the day, but I think it's important to be able to, um, to integrate that as a part of normal life because it is. Yeah, Yeah. it absolutely is. And um, I think too, and I don't know about you, but something about going through something um, very traumatic and maybe almost dying or having an NDE or losing someone close to you, you start to appreciate life in a really marked way that you didn't before. And to me, it's getting comfortable or dealing with death also makes life more richer. It's true. There's joy in such little things that I I would have overlooked before, but now it's fascinating. 
Yeah. So it does give you a whole different appreciation. You also watch people who are just upset about petty little things at that point. You know, they're complaining about this and you just want to look at them and just, hey, <laughs> this is not important in the scheme of things. <laughs> no, no, there really is so few things that are really yeah. worth our attention. Yeah, um, and, and that brings yeah. it to the forefront when, when, you know, you lose someone like that. It's just, you know, nothing much else is important. That's love right. and life and you know and, and just being with our loved ones another thing that pat and i have both got involved in since then is, is helping people who are struggling with addiction we're both mm. uh, both board members of non-profits in the state that that deal with addiction and all the issues around it um with overdose also oh wow we're, we're volunteer coalition members in um, a couple of different counties and i am on a state level also wow and it's been good to know that it doesn't fix the problem but we're doing what we can to make a difference that's that's a wonderful i wasn't aware you y'all were involved in that that's really i are you familiar with dr gabor mate and his takes on addiction no okay he's a very he's an interesting he's a uh i would definitely recommend looking into him he uh, he specializes in addiction and it's quite fascinating. What, what I, I, I love about what you're saying is, you know, this has really catapulted you to take a, a real serious interest in your community and make some uh, tremendous efforts to try to be part of the solutions. The only sense I could make of, of my yeah. son's death is to try to use that experience to show other people how not to let that happen, how to learn, how to yeah. grow. Yeah, and I know that he would he would want that also. So it's it's you know yeah. it feels good in my heart. That's wonderful. I I always say that they're also um, people in recovery. They made a big a big took a good chunk of my grief to help me, um, mm -hmm. letting me just know there was nothing I could have done. Right, and you feel that there should have you should have done something, but working with people in recovery and they're honest with you no there's nothing you could have done he wasn't going to listen to you he wasn't going to listen to anybody right you know and that was a major relief yes to help get rid of the what ifs what ifs they're always there they're always going to be there the what ifs but to really have somebody tell you who's in that situation you couldn't have done a darn thing right absolutely insidious yeah. part of addiction is it's really the person experiencing it really has to also be the person that solves it. Like they have to take responsibility and sometimes they just don't have the strength to do that. And no amount of, you know, pleading and begging and on the part of somebody who loves them can really make a difference until they're ready, until they're really ready. That's true. There's a lot that was lacking and there still is in our, in our society though. And we've, learned that and been working to make differences like um, on, on the insurance website before there would be no tab that would come up if you were in crisis and you needed a rehab or need, you needed to detox or something like right. that and and now there is um, yes that's yeah, wonderful lots of stuff do you just uh, like doctors prescribing medication sometimes oh, yes. they would prescribe way too liberally and yes. we worked with you know the pdmp nationally uh, or helped in some way it's not our expertise at all but we um definitely worked with them to get 
you know, states over over state lines to share with one another. So you couldn't, you know, go to another yeah. state and get another prescription and to get doctors to have to take required training every year and to be less generous with the prescriptions they prescribe, just all different avenues. That's excellent. Yeah, yeah. I'm, so, I'm so glad you're, you've been doing this because this is a major problem in our country and especially in the rural areas of our country with the opiate crisis. It's mm -hmm. unbelievable how many lives that has cost. And we thought it was bad in the beginning and it's after so many uh, millions of dollars and funds have been poured into it, it's worse now than it was, you know, when our yes. children passed. Wow. Yeah. I think it's at the highest rate right now. Yeah. Golly. Yeah. yeah. And a lot of that has since to do COVID. with fentanyl. But, uh, yep. Fentanyl is in the borders. Too. Yeah. With the borders mm -hmm. from COVID. But the fentanyl coming in and they're putting fentanyl in the drugs and people don't have a chance. It's pretty deadly yeah. stuff. Yes. Very yes. deadly stuff. Yeah. Do you feel like uh, addiction in, you know, and, and one thing I keep hearing is like, there's so much about the shame component in regards to addiction. And there's so much you've mentioned about society's perceptions about overdose and the way that we treat people who become victims of addiction, the way that we look at them, and in turn, the way they look at themselves. I think that it is a, definitely a, a medical condition and it's something that needs to be looked at as such um and i think the shame component is one of the things that perpetuates it continuing would you agree with that shame stops people from going for help right a lot, a lot admitting that they need help and right. until we get rid of that stigma um there's know. an effort around it there really is the yes. stigma's still there but there's also a good amount of people that now understand that it's a lot more than just yeah. shame on you, bad decision, you know, kind right. of. Right. Yeah. It's not so easy as a decision, you know, I mean, at, at some point it becomes like such a dependency that the pain that comes from not indulging in that thing is just, it's, right. it's tremendous. And, and they want to get out of it. They don't know how. Yeah. No one wants to be caught in a cycle of it, that they can't escape from. Um, they just addiction don't. is like that with yeah. with cigarettes and caffeine and alcohol and drugs and there's so many addictions. Yeah, yeah. we talked we talked about this. I remember discussing addiction that um, it it's just it's like a well worn you know hole like in the in the ground and you're stuck in it and you can't you can't seem get to out. get your vehicle up out of it and. Um, but and help is the community is crucial, you know. Yes. So being alone, uh, hiding, feeling ashamed, uh, keeping secrets—those are all things that perpetuate um, that illness. And I think it's wonderful that you are um, taking such um, great strides to uh, to work and help the community and to share your experiences. And really grateful. Um, y'all and I just had no idea how much you do and uh gosh bravo like that's incredible takes such strength and courage yeah I know I think for Jean this is the way I say me it just became part of our life uh, it's just I never look into anything that I'm doing for grief or addiction as time is you know time not well spent or anything it's just Something no, it helps do. give my life purpose for me. Yes, yes, yes. It That's just, what it's it, all it's about, helping other human beings. 
Right. Yeah. It took us both on a whole other journey in our lives where I don't I don't know where we'd be. <laughs> yes. If this hadn't happened, who knows what we'd be doing. But yes. you know, definitely this pointed us in that way. And you know, we haven't Beautiful. stopped. So Beautiful. Um, so yeah. Well, thank you guys for coming on and sharing about this. And I'm going to put uh, all the information below this video and uh, also in the audios, uh, folks out there, if they're looking for you and want to connect. Uh, one quick question, where where are these groups and how often do they meet? And That all changed when COVID happened. <laughs> uh, I see. We used to get together regularly. Mm -hmm. And now everything seems to be on Zoom. <laughs> Oh, okay. And it's turned into it's turned into more like um, a, a core group of people that talk and text and go out to breakfast, lunch, dinner, kind of get together kind of thing. Mm -hmm. um, so we don't have a regular meeting for helping parents heal. Grasp, you, you started again with um, monthly meetings, yeah. right? In Coweta County. Yeah, yeah. Um, we, we usually do uh, Sundays. Uh, this month, we're not doing a meeting this month. Uh, the 31st is a, a International Overdose Awareness Day. Okay. So we'll be doing uh, some type of uh, event for that. Um, and right now, pretty much too, um, if somebody new calls, usually Gina and I'll go out and you know yeah. talk to them. Okay. You know, usually they need some help right away and they don't want to be in a meeting a big group right away yeah yeah and so lot. to make them feel comfortable you sit down and talk to them to get to know them and and see meetings aren't for everybody um, right. i think they are yeah <laughs> I, I don't understand why it's like if you have a problem you got to talk about it with a group of people <laughs> but uh we've gene and i've known people who literally have just pretty much locked themselves in their houses and, yeah and not continued with their lives and uh yeah you know, and which is, which is really sad. Um, but it's also been great how um, the, the types of people we've had like school teachers and we've had um, rappers from Atlanta uh, come sit down with us middle-aged moms and, and talk and spend the day. And, and it was great with both of them. You know, it's, yes. it's wow. there's something for everybody there That's because great. everybody has that in common, you know? Yeah. That is what ties you all together, no matter what yeah. walk of life yeah. you come, you right. come yeah. from. I've even been to the state capitol and um, sat down with the, uh, the assistant governor. What's it, what would his title be called again? <laughs> Lieutenant governor. I I think. Yeah, that's <laughs> it, Lieutenant governor. Yeah. And yeah. You know, to tell my story with my nonprofit. And, and it was amazing to hear that he told me a story about his relative and his mm -hmm. neighbor. And so it's, it's really everywhere. Yes. It's everywhere. It is. It is. Yeah. And I think, I think this is, this particular episode is going to raise awareness. Uh, and hopefully if there's somebody out there that's really just needing to talk or needing to connect or needing to feel understood, or really just needing to feel a reason to keep going uh, because of their, their loss, uh, you all are there as resources. Absolutely. And wonderful. It's really wonderful. And there's, there's also a great recovery center in Noonan. Um, I met him, met him, I think two years after Tyler died, but anyhow, it's, um, Coweta Force and for oh, people yes. out there that want to be in recovery, okay. getting out of maybe a rehab, they are a great resource. They will help. Yeah. We've they watched Hank's group grow from a little, you know, four or five people to 
we used to go to the meetings regularly because yes. there were so few attendees that we were trying to help support him. And now we kind of backed away and don't go because there's so many people that need to talk that, you know, we would just, they, it's more important that they talk than, than we talk. Yes. Yeah. yeah. But it, it was also healing there to, to talk with other young adults and them cry and say, oh my God, I'm so sorry. I don't want my mom to ever be in that position. And, you know, to yeah. think that maybe my, our stories made a difference in their lives. Yes. Yeah. That's one. Boy, that's powerful. Yeah. yeah. That is really powerful. Well, is there anything else you want, y'all want to share before we, we uh, finish here? As far as books go, if you go to the Helping Parents Heal website, there is a huge resource of books on death and grief and the afterlife and uh, so many different avenues you want to, you might want to, haven't even heard of. So Wonderful. a wealth of knowledge there. Wonderful. Yeah. Wonderful. And if well, anybody in the community ever has an issue or anything, they could reach out to either of us. You're going to post contact information. We'd be happy yes. to meet with them. Yes, I'm going to post everything below this video and in the audio so that if anybody needs to find y'all, you can. And I just want to say thank you. Thank you for being there. Thanks for having us. Thank Thanks. you. And we're so excited that you had us. <laughs> oh, you know, you're welcome anytime. And yes, thank please, you. please keep coming on because I think people need to know you're out there. You're bringing Great. so much comfort and awareness and it's a beautiful thing. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So Thanks much. everybody for joining Thanks. us today. <laughs> um, and we'll see you next time. Take care. Bye.